Good evening, and welcome to the Midnight Owl. I'm your host, Anthony, and this week, we discuss the curse of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The greatest risk is not taking one. Quote by Tim Fargo. Before I get into this app, I just want to add a short audio clip about the origin of this episode. Stay tuned. Please enjoy. Three, two, we're going to get a side bet going for Toronto and Montreal in the first round. Well, okay. So why why don't we, why don't we iron this out on, on air? So I really believe that there's no way that this series goes more than five games. I honestly think that the Leafs could wrap this, this series up in four games. Oh, sweet. eh? Um, but I, but you know, I, I you always give you always give a team a fighting chance at five games. You know, Montreal might might either come up early and win the first game, or Montreal might win the fourth game to stay alive for another game. But I can't see the series going more than five games. Do you want to make a bet? Where I, I don't know what we can figure out the wager in a little bit, but mm-hmm. my bet is the least wrap the series up in five games or less. Do you want to take the bet? six or seven games a series goes oh yeah i'll take that i think montreal's gonna win in seven but i'll take uh i'll I'll take over six or seven all right okay all right all right now and and what wager do you want do you want to do like we can do like a personal wager where maybe whoever wins has to shave everything but their eyebrows by using promo code na30 at shavemyballs.com or Hmm. We can, or we can do something maybe monetarily. Maybe you loser has to buy winner. I don't know, whatever, uh, a beer or uh, or a bottle of wine or a bottle. Of, what's this? Abrevizo spritzer. I don't know, like something. Along what that if way. you want to do a monetary bet? The loser does. Uh, I'm trying to work it out in my head as I'm saying this out loud. A show for the other the other network or the other channel so if i win you got to do whatever topic i want you got to come in you got to be bright-eyed bushy tail come in smash that thing out oh okay how, how about i raise I, I i like that what if yeah. i raise the ante a little bit okay what if not only do they have to do a show but they also have to air a commercial on their podcast but how great the other person is absolutely done lock it in and with that audio evidence now presented on with the show i just want to say that i admire all the hard work that goes into each and every episode of any podcast whether it be from bearded and bored or the after 30 podcast my love for the toronto maple leaf spans far back as i can remember Although being an 80s baby, I do have photos of me in a lookalike Wayne Gretzky Oilers jersey. Uh, the 80s and the Trauma Police didn't mix very well. Thanks for that, Harold Ballard. Growing up and playing road hockey with my friends was an amazing experience. At the time, the Leafs had a huge overhaul in the front office and on the ice, hiring front office Hall of Famers like Cliff Fletcher and Pat Burns and on-ice editions of my personal favorite, Doug Gilmore and Dave Andrichuk, and calling up the hot French-Canadian goaltender, Felix Poffin, helped turn around this struggling team to a playoff contender.
The team posted a then-franchise record of 99 points. Toronto dispatched the Detroit Red Wings in a seven-game series in the first round, then defeated the St. Louis Blues in another seven-game series in the divisional finals. Hoping to meet longtime rival Montreal, who was playing in the Wales Conference Finals against the New York Islanders, hoping to meet in the Cup Finals, the Leafs faced the Los Angeles Kings in the Campbell Conference Finals. They led the series 3-2, but dropped Game 6 in Los Angeles. This will break the heart of every Leaf fan listening. The game was not without controversy, as Wayne Gretzky clipped Doug Gilmore in the face with a stick, but referee Kerry Frazier did not call a penalty, and Gretzky scored the winning goal moments later. The, the Leafs eventually lost in seven games, 5-4. to four. But how could I not get hooked on this team? Future Hall of Famers, the city was buzzing. It seemed like the bad days were all behind us. Boy, was I wrong. The core of players were good, but always fell short of achieving something great. They had a short turnaround in the early 2000s with similar results with some other Hall of Famers like Matt Sundin, Gary Roberts, Joe Nudek, and Ed Belfour. Which leads me to my next point. Is there a curse? There are a lot of wacky theories out there, some too crazy to relay. Like Bruce Boudreaux's dad being mad at the team for releasing his son, and he cursed their organization. Others about Pizza Pizza, the Ontario-based pizza chain, opening up a couple months after the Leafs' last Stanley Cup win. If that was true, it's even better because in 2007, Pizza Pizza bought Alberta-based pizza chain, Pizza 73, and would effectively spread the curse to both Alberta-based teams, which, if true, makes me just a little bit happy. The curse that I enjoy the most is a curse that I call the curse of the Toronto Maple Leafs of baseball. A lot of what I'm going to tell you was taken from an article written by Philip Damas for the LeafsNation.com website. Some claim it's Toronto fans' own love of the team has caused the curse. The unending belief in their team. It's a devotion that causes each and every diehard fan each year, seemingly forgetting the past year, to declare after one exhibition game that the Leafs will win the cup this year. Dusting off the parade route that stretches from Kingston to Kenora, a one-way trip that would take 21 hours, 22 minutes. That's 2,093.6 kilometers. Residents of Toronto may know that there is more than one Toronto Maple Leafs in town. An independent baseball team playing at a Christie Pitts Park also dons the Maple Leaf moniker, as well as a blue and white color scheme. In fact, when the Toronto St. Pats became the Toronto Maple Leafs in 1927, they did so despite the baseball club having claim over the name since the late 1800s. The Maple Leafs were a baseball team first, and it was decades before the name became synonymous with hockey. However, unbeknownst to many, the Toronto Maple Leaf Baseball Club that they're familiar with these days isn't the same one that started operation over 120 years ago. 
Nowadays, the semi-pro team plays as part of the independent inter-county baseball league. But for most of its history, the Maple Leafs were part of the International League serving as a high-level minor league baseball club for a number of major league baseball teams. The Maple Leafs baseball club found plenty of success on the field, having been home to 15 future Baseball Hall of Famers and winning 10 championships. Fun fact, a 19-year-old Babe Ruth pitched and hit his first professional home run in Toronto and won the game 9-0. Just one year removed from winning back-to-back titles, the team's ownership was looking to sell the franchise on a high note. And sure enough, Maple Leaf Gardens Limited, the ownership group that would later rebrand as MLSE, was in talks to buy the team. However, concerns over the cost of repairing Maple Leaf Stadium, the ball club's historic lakefront home, led Harold Ballard and co. Deciding to keep the original Maple Leafs in Toronto wasn't worth the cost of investment. Soon, the Toronto Maple Leafs baseball club would be sold for 65000 bucks to a real estate developer who moved the team to Indiana. Less than a year later, Maple Leaf Stadium would be demolished. The date of sale that saw Toronto lose its oldest pro sports team and, a, and the original Toronto Maple Leafs? October 17, 1967. Is it possible that the Anshul team's refusal to save the original Maple Leafs angered the sports gods and cursed a franchise for decades to come? Consider that when the Maple Leafs were sold, they were serving as a AAA affiliate to the Boston Red Sox. Since those Maple Leafs left town to become the Louisville Colonels and eventually the Pawtucket Red Sox, who continue to operate to this day, Toronto has struggled against Boston across all sports. Prior to 1967, the Maple Leafs had a 55.5% win rate against the Bruins and won 8 out of 10 playoff series the two, between the two original six clubs. Since then, the Leafs' win rate against the Bruins sits a measly 32, sorry, 36.2% with Boston winning all six playoff matchups between the teams following the expansion. The trend continues outside of hockey as well. The Blue Jays hold a 44.3% win record against the Red Sox, good for 7th worst against any opponent, while the Raptors, who won only 41.2% of their matchups against their rival Celtics, most recently continue the trot continuing the Toronto tradition of losing to Boston in seven games. <sighs> Surely enough, all additional evidence points to the Toronto Maple Leafs being cursed by none other than the original Toronto Maple Leafs. The only question left now is how do we break the curse? Could a $65,000 donation by MLSC to the Toronto Maple Leafs baseball club be a solution? Maybe we need to resurrect Maple Leaf Stadium and uh, build it and they will come style way of appeasing the sports gods and the ghost of Toronto past. 
Since becoming the Pawtucket Red Sox, the former Maple Leafs have gone on to win four titles, while the revived Toronto Maple Leafs Baseball Club, who joined the Intercounty Baseball League in 1969, have won eight championships themselves. In a story of three different franchises, each of which has been born the name the Toronto Maple Leafs, only one has had success elude them for over half a century. Maybe like the curse of the Billy Goat that was supposedly placed on the Chicago Cubs Major League Baseball franchise in 1945 by Billy Goat Tavern owner William Sinantis. Hope I said that right. The curse lasted 71 years from 1945 to 2016. During Game 4 of the 1945 World Series at Wrigley Fields, Santis, pet goat named Murphy, was bothering other fans. So the pair was asked to leave the stadium. Outraged, Santis allegedly declared, Them Cubs, they ain't gonna win no more. I hope that's not offensive. Maybe before next season, someone should rent a goat and drag it down to the rink and see if Matthews is willing to forgive and forget. It's a great article, but I actually think there's something else. Most of you already know what it is. It's not a curse as much as it's a disease. Yes, you know what I'm about to say. The dreaded and most lethal disease known as the blue and white disease made famous by former gm and arch nemesis of neckties everywhere mr brian burke when burke announced in front of a swarm of toronto media shitheads that the team was quote ripe with blue and white disease he was he was talking about players not earning their spots in the team and expecting it to be given to them Sounds like he's describing millennials everywhere? Lol. And when I talk about blue and white disease, I think it's actually evolved. Maybe it has more symptoms than good old Berkey thought. Before I get into what I think they are, I need to stress a point. I hate the no heart argument. I think it's very lazy. There's no way anyone who plays professional hockey and plays a full season and has a great season and then gives up during the playoffs. It makes no sense to me. If that makes sense to you, then go back to watching The Bachelor and please delete me. I think the current variant of the blue and white disease has a certain smell to it. 80s wrestling fans will get a laugh out of it, but it smells a lot like Rick Martel's brand of cologne called Arrogance. It's a highest, this is a highest revenue creating team in the league, and they love to spend money on themselves. They spend the most money in the league on things like strengthening and mental coaches, advanced sports science, tech and faculties, all to make the on ice product better. It's not against the rules, but when you can print money, does any price matter? I believe, 
I believe the Leafs are high on themselves. I think it's the same thing that hinders teams like the New York Yankees, the New York Knicks, and the Dallas Cowboys. Too much money to spend and not enough to show from it. I think the Leafs' new blue and white disease is that they're full of themselves, like snobs, uh, arrogant, cocky, and pretentious. Pretentionitis. And the crazy thing is, I don't think they see it like that at all. Now, if you're part of the Leaf Hater Nation, you may have a different opinion than what's going on with the Leafs. But let me say this. You may tune in to see the Leafs fail once or twice, or see the highlights, or read the headlines. But do you really watch? Because I do. I watch, and I read, and I listen to everything. I feel like I have a good understanding of the organization. They're woven into who I am and why I love sports. What the haters love to say. The leaves always choke. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. But it took Ovi until he was 31 to win a cup. And, you know, he's considered one of the all-time greatest. The Leafs haven't won a cup since 1967. Yes, this is true. But the Sabres and Canucks haven't won a cup since 1971. And yes, a 54-year drought does suck. But so does a 51-year drought. And it's not that uncommon. Every year is a Leafs year. This one gets me the most. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about this one. Nobody before the start of the 2015 season thought it was our year. The sports news coverage. Yeah, I, this one, okay, I don't know how to defend this one, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's why it's such a big deal. When your local team is widely considered Canada's team, then wouldn't you want the most coverage? Um, our friends at the Beard and Board heard this remark and they questioned, is Toronto Canada's team? They defi- they're definitely a team in Canada and loved in different pockets throughout our great nation. Want to know another thing that is beloved in our country and will only ever hurt you? The growing crisis with opiate, drugs, uh, opiate drug abuse. Just because our EMTs now carry... Nioxone doesn't make fennel Canada's drug. Well, that's debatable. Leafs versus leaves. This is my favorite argument. The hater who likes to bring this up is obviously a complete moron who watches every season of The Bachelor. The Maple Leaf is one of the highest badges of courage given out to the Canadian military. I rest my case. Maybe I'm biased, but I love the Leafs. And whatever, and whatever, maybe they are cursed. Could there be some slight by the front office or a player that has to be repaired so that we can move forward? And I proudly say that I would take part in just about any ritual to break the curse, short of getting into the Doug Gilmore cow tights and dancing around with a milk mustache. Got milk? This has been a way of life, one that I share with my friends throughout Canada. We take on both the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. We are Leaf Nation.
Hoot hoot.